Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is changing your dating mindset. Let's do this. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kinda Dating. So do any of these thoughts sound familiar? Dating is hard. All guys are dicks. Girls don't like me. There are too many options. These are examples of mindset. We each have a mindset, which is an established set of attitudes about everything, from how we and others should behave to, you guessed it, our approach to dating. A lot of times, it's information we've accumulated from experience and categorized it. So did you ever think about how your mindset could be setting you back? Because maybe the experience it came from or the category you put it in was actually limiting? I know, insert head blown emoji. Now here's the fun fact. Mindsets can be changed, and today we're gonna talk about how to change your dating mindset and hopefully help and hopefully find yourself. I'm gonna do that last line again. Now here's a fun fact. Mindsets can be changed, and today we're gonna talk about how to change your dating mindset and hopefully find yourself and more success. You're welcome. But before we get into it, guys, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it and tell your friends. Also, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for, fam? Leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you get this podcast. Um, It really helps us a lot. So please, please, please leave us a five-star rating or review. Also, follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kind of Dating across the board. We're super fun on Instagram, so definitely go go there. Um, Aisha is not here with us today, but she is at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. And you know what? Just to make it more complicated and have more combinations for you, I'm Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, also, we have merch available, so please check us out on tpublic.com and support um, uh, us because we're an independent podcast, so uh, we survive with your help. So please do that, and thank you as always. Um, I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. He's a dating and relationship coach, founder of Get Your Guy Coaching, Anwar White. What's up? Hey, girl. How's it going? Hello? Thank you. Ha- thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have you. We were just talking about how you and I have swapped places. We have. I'm from Canada and you're from SoCal. And you are currently in Canada and I'm in SoCal. 
it's like Freaky Friday all over again. <laughs> is it cold right now? It must be cold. It's in the no, it's it's in 50s. Warmer. Yes. It's just getting out of the big freeze, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love Montreal. Me too. Me too. I love it it's so much. Super fun nightlife. It was. Although when I came here, I was already married with children. So I didn't get a oh. chance to really experience it. But I definitely experienced it in Southern California. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're, okay, fine. You're not missing that much, but <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give you FOMO. Um, well, you answered the first question. We always ask every guest, single or in a relationship. Girl, I'm married. Been married for five years with my Montreal partner, and we have three children. I always tell my clients I am a suburban mother of three. And so, like, I want you all to date like crazy so I get to live vicariously through everyone. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Uh, five years is a long-ass time. It sure is. <laughs> yeah, especially nowadays. I'm like, geez. It's like the equivalent of 15. Sure is. Felt like that um, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you are a uh, a dating and relationship coach. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you focus on is mindset, which is something we're, we're going to discuss today. Uh, you know, one, how long have you been doing this? And when did you sort of realize that, you know, as you're analyzing people and working with them, that mindset is one of the issues that, that really is a problem in dating. Yeah, I've been doing this for a little bit over a decade now. And the way that I got into it was actually I had gotten my MBA. And after I graduated, I was keeping in touch with all of my friends. And most of them were kicking ass in all aspects of their life, except for their love life. And these are like generally very smart and successful women. And so being the type A person that I am, I was just like, okay, girl, I'm just gonna like, give me everything. I'm gonna figure this out for you. Like, this is ridiculous. You're too amazing. And so that's what I did. I literally was like, okay, we're going to say this. We're going to do this. I'm going to talk you through things. And before I knew it, like all of my girls were like in really great relationships and getting married. And then I was like, okay, I have to like start doing this instead of like, you know, being head of finance and and head of marketing at all of these fashion companies. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. And this is how I feel like I can make the biggest impact and have fun at the same time. So that's how I got into it. Your background, you were in finance and marketing. Yeah, I was like a head honcho at some fashion companies uh, all around the world. That's what I got my my MBA for. And then I was like, I'm really fucking good at this. So I should just do this. But to be honest with you, like, I'm super gay. And as you probably could tell, (laughs) and I've been doing this since what? Loving gay? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I said, we love it. Oh, okay. Um, No, I was saying um, that I've been doing this since like elementary school playground, right? Helping the boys talk to the girls and the girls talk to the boys. So I've literally been doing this like all my life. Totally. And, and, you know, you, you do, um, kind of laser in on this market of the smart, successful woman. Have you found there to be a difference between, uh, like, like why that pocket of people? Yeah, they have a very uh, difficult time uh, with love, I think for a variety of reasons. I think one, um, the things that have driven them to find success in life are not the things that are going to drive them to have success in love. And I think that they use that toolkit or that formula in love and it doesn't work, right? For women who are ambitious and go out there and do, 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 
that's not super successful when it comes to dating, or at least you have to change your entire dating strategy if you want that to be the case. I, I always talk about being in your dominant masculine energy, and that's totally fine. I'm like, women, do whatever the hell you want to do. But it just means that you're going to have to focus on men that are not in their dominant energy, masculine energy. And if that's the case, it means that you're going to be looking for a different kind of guy, right? And like, mm-hmm. use the 80-20 rule, right? You have 80% of men that are masculine energy, dominant, and then you have 20% that aren't. And obviously that's changing a little bit, right? We're getting more and more sensitive, more beta, more dominant feminine energy men as society kind of changes. But that just means that we got to focus on the more artistic, right? The nurses, the teachers, things like that. Um, people with those sorts of careers and professions and kind of show up in the world in that way, if you want to be in your masculine energy and be a a badass bitch and all of that, right? But you get to choose, right? I think sometimes there's this pressure like, oh, I have to be like super feminine and all of that. And that's not necessarily the case. If you want to, you get to choose to do so. And if not, you can stay like, you know, in your masculine energy and be amazing and do all of that. It just means you have to be looking for a partner that's actually going to compliment you. Yeah. And uh, do you find, because uh, this is, you said something really interesting, you know, of like, find people with certain occupations, because I have said this for a while, where I really think people are the kinds of jobs that they do. Like they, they have a lot of those personality traits, you know, as somebody who dated a lot of entrepreneurs, they have a very specific personality type. If you date a guy in sales, he tends to be a little bit like, you know, really extroverted, like boo, boo, boo. And you know, he's gonna, you know, want to wine and dine and do all those things. And, and then, you know, I have some of my friends who are accountants and they're very, you know, precise and in their head and, and a little bit more introverted. And obviously these are generalizations, yeah. but I true. do think that <laughs> some of the, the occupations that, that we lean towards are a bit of who we kind of are as people, like our personality. Yeah. A hundred percent, right? Okay. Uh, one of the things that I always ask my clients when they're just ta- ta- speaking with someone and engaging with someone is like, what do they do? I want to know what the person does so I can understand if it's a compliment or a clone. Because yeah. a lot of, and I'll speak specifically for women here, a lot of women, smart, successful women, are actually looking for their clone, right? So the women that I talk to are uh, making six figures, um, went to graduate school, um, you know, have have certain height expectations, certain college preferences in terms of where you went and all of that. And they're looking for someone because they've done that. And they're looking for someone that is going to what I call keep their reputation. Right. Mm-hmm. When in reality, if this person is treating you like the queen that you are or the amazing person that you are, that is really the only thing that matters. And if they're showing up for you and accepting you full heart, full heartedly, I think some people think, especially the smart and successful women that I work with, that I need someone that's going to keep my brand where it needs to be. And what I have found is that if you're super happy and you're loved and accepted, everyone around you is going to feel that, understand that and be happy for you. They're not going to be thinking about, oh, this guy's just a teacher. He's not like a VP somewhere. Like that's not what they're going to be thinking about. They're going to be focused on the smile on your face and how you're glowing and just be super happy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of our uh, old guests, who's a, a really good friend of mine, I went to college with, her name is Kristen McGregor. Um, she was on the show and 
uh, you know, she's an executive. Um, she used to be like a VP or something at Apple. And uh, she met her husband, who's a teacher. And they they love each other. And he supports the shit out of anything she does. And all she wanted was like a good guy that she could laugh with. And they laugh a lot, you know. And they were, they met, they were married within a fucking year. And, you know, she moved up after, but they still work so amazingly well because it's just like at the core, you just want, like you said, a, a, a good person um, who's going to compliment kind of yeah. whoever you are. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking again about mindset and have you like, I just read a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, um, uh-huh. which I love. And it talks about like the fixed versus growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um this idea that, you know, for people who don't know, like a fixed mindset are, are people who believe, let's say, for inte- like intelligence, that intelligence is fixed and it cannot be expanded on. Uh, where growth mindset and, and people with a growth mindset believe intelligence and talent can be developed. Um, can people change their mindset when it, when it comes to dating? Yes, definitely. But it takes a while right? It's not like a flip of the switch. And I think people think that that's how it works, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So just stepping back a second, I work with my clients for six months because it takes a while for people to actually unlearn the programming that they've had their entire lives, right? Um, From not just like their dating experiences, their past relationships, and even how they grew up, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I want everyone to know out there is that just because you knew love, have a definition of love, it was love was modeled in a certain kind of way, doesn't mean that that's your reality, right? That you have to actually understand first, obviously, what you want. And after that, figure out exactly um, what that looks like for you, right? Because I think sometimes we look at especially when it comes to dating and relationships, we look to the movies to be our our guide to, oh, this is how it's supposed to look like, right? So I have to try to make everything look like that in terms of the progress of a relationship or dating. He has to say this, he has to do this. Um, I would just really quickly, I was uh, coaching one of my clients and like they're close to getting engaged. And I was letting her know, like, girl, you need to let him know this is what you want and this is what's going to make you happy. And she's like, no, but I I really want him to just surprise me and go on one knee and da 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 I was like, girl, I know, I'm sure, right? Because that's what we've seen. Yeah. But the yeah. reality versus the fantasy, the reality is that 70% of women are uh, in relationships are bringing up marriage and engagement first. Right. And so that's the reality. It's not this like in the movie, I'm going to turn around and the viral moment and all my family's going to be there and he's going to be on his knee and all of that. Yeah, it happens maybe like 5% of the time. But the other majority of the time, it's like you guys are talking in bed and you're like, I really want to do this. You want to do this? Yeah, I really want to do this. Okay, let's do this. That's kind yeah. of how it goes. And this is the type of ring I want. And this is That's the type exactly of right. people are like, you don't want to be spending on something you, you don't know, like. However, whatever the rule is, what is it, three months of yep. your salary or something on a ring and it's a cut you hate. Like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'm like, if somebody gave me a heart cut, I would be like, get the fuck out. Same. <laughs> but also, if somebody, <laughs> if somebody were to 
I mean, even talking about like how you want to get engaged, right? Like some people like big. I would die if somebody like did a jumbotron. It'd I would be like, you don't know me at all. Like never do that. Yeah. But but some people would love that. And again, people think the other person or the the their partner is just supposed to magically read their mind and know that. This is how this person would have liked it. Right. No, just fucking tell them or tell them through a friend or whatever. Figure out a way to pass on the message. Yeah, yeah. Totally, right? This is about reality versus fantasy, yeah. right? And that's part of the mindset is like letting mm-hmm. go of the fantasy and knowing that it can look a variety of different ways as long as you feel good about how it's looking, right? That's the and only what, thing that matters. What are some of those fantasies that you've found people tend to have, especially daters? Yeah. Yeah. So for daters, the fantasy is at the very beginning, he has to be messaging me every day. Like Mm -hmm. he, like I, I, he's got to show up every single day. And I'm like, sometimes it doesn't, it's not every day. Sometimes it, it starts every three to four days. And then it starts to kind of get shorter and shorter in terms of the cadence so that you're talking more and more with each other. I think some of the fantasy is that you'll know immediately, right? That you'll have these oh, butterflies. And then suddenly it's like, you know that he's the one. And I'm always like, girl, well, if you, you probably had that feeling before and he wasn't the one. So it doesn't make sense. Exactly. <laughs> I hate the one about the one. Like I'm Always saying, like, if we really thought that they were the one, we we would have just married them on date two. Yeah. But nobody does that. No. You know, you it's just somebody showing up every day for you. And, and knowing is really, like, looking back at a, 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 the summation of a whole fucking year of events that makes you go, oh, yeah, I think this person's the one. Yeah, yeah. Not like... Yeah. The, in the beginning, it's like, okay, maybe you have a good feeling. It's just your fucking hormones, you know? It's yeah. like... Totally. That's it. And it's so funny. My experience has been for like hundreds of women that I've worked with. Um, it's I call it the paradox of six, right? Because I always ask my clients after a date, right? Rate it zero to 10, right? Mm-hmm. And just because it gives you a sense of, okay, well, how did I like it? Did I not like it? Like what, where am I at? And also why? And then ask mm-hmm. yourself, why isn't it a 10? What needed to happen for you, right? Because it's important for you to know and analyze the date for yourself. And I ask my clients to do that immediately after the date instead of like a couple days afterward where we can like totally over-intellectualize it. Like sit in your emotions for a second and say, okay, this was like a seven and this is why it was a seven. And this would have made it a 10, right? And I, I bring that up because in a lot of my experiences, that first date, I call it paradox of six because a lot of them rated a six. Because it's not mm. the most amazing thing, but it can grow yeah. over time, right? Chemistry grows over time. If, if you feel compatible with that person, the chemistry, yeah. if you have like a nine on like compatibility and a seven on chemistry, girl, you're in good shape. Like, I'm like really happy for you because I know that if, if the match is right, that chemistry can go to a nine with time, right? Yeah. And also that idea that you don't have to have all of it right in the beginning like I don't know why people don't like the idea of adding and like you know it's fun when you start at a seven and you get to 10 then just being 10 and then where do you go from there you know like I met my boyfriend and date one 
I would honestly say was like a seven. And but I didn't know right away. And and I'm also somebody who doesn't know what you're supposed to feel because I'm sometimes like very like I don't know. I don't. I'm sometimes like a little bit not of a feeler, even though I'm I am like in some situations I'm very just like okay I'll just take it how it is. But I realized at the end how quickly time passed, and at the end I looked back and I go, oh wow, I was here for four hours, and I could have stayed longer, but I had to go because I had a morning meeting. So that that's like a good sign for yeah. me. And then I go, okay, well, I mean that stuff panned out and I was interested enough in this person and the stuff he was saying and who he was on a basic level that I wanted to learn more. Yeah. That was it. Date two was an 11 for me. I love that. And and for no good, like there's no solid reason. I would just, I wasn't even expecting it. We just were there and I blinked and somehow it was 3.30 in the morning and, and I just, the way I judged myself is going, well, just the fact that maybe if I mentally didn't know how I felt, the fact that I'm here naturally for this long yeah. and I'm having fun and I'm in- enjoying all of this conversation was how I determined. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, totally. Like, like I just didn't, because sometimes we try to think the thought, right? right? Like I must know. And you're like, maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe your actions are just showing that you know. Yeah. I don't fucking, you know. That's it. Um, and and then it's, yeah, like, and even then I was like, you still never know. And now it's been like over a year and I'm still like, we, I, I love the shit out of him. And I'm still like, every day you're discovering something new and, and adding more. And I just, I'm not like. Yeah. This feeling of no, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't think, about no, that. but it's, I, I think it's, uh, for some people, it's a flip of a switch. And for some people it's like, oh. It's been a year and a half and we're still going strong. Good. Okay. Yeah. I, let's continue doing this. This is good. Yeah. Right? That's kind of yeah. how it generally goes. But I think that yeah. you make a really good point about um, being able to um, just analyze where you're at. I think it's important to always kind of check in with yourself. And in terms of dating, I think uh, there's this there's this expectation around... Um, are we going on dates really quickly, right? If, are we, is it like happening immediately? And it doesn't need to happen immediately, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because sometimes something happens to the other person and they're out of commission for a week or two, right? Not because they don't. But also the reality, right? That people are tr- like, people got to stop kidding themselves. If you're talking to multiple people on apps, you got to expect that the other person is also talking to multiple people on apps. So it's yeah. like they might have met you on Monday and they got a couple other dates in the week. And you shouldn't be insecure about that because if you're the right person, you'll find your way to each other. Yeah, yeah, totally. I always say you can't do or say the wrong thing to the right person, right? And so, yeah. uh, but that's the timing, right? This mindset about the mm-hmm. timing and that, okay, once we have a date, it, we're going to be in love and then it has to like jump off from there. Right. So that is something that I want to dispel as well, because that's ridiculous. And it's still a cadence. There's still a general frequency that's going on. Totally true. Yeah. The other thing that I think is important for us in terms of our mindset is around this notion of rejection. Right. Because I think Ooh, some yeah. people, anytime 
You don't hear from him. He doesn't call when he's supposed to. He, you know, whatever. He ghosts, whatever. That they're feeling like this is like a true rejection of who I am as a person. And I want to let everyone everyone out there know that literally if you're chatting with someone on a dating app or you've gone on a phone date or a physical date with someone, that person knows like two to 3% of you, if that. So, and... We don't even know if it's a rejection or not. The The stats say that, and I'm speaking specifically for men, a lot of men don't go for a second date. Like they don't even know. Like 70% of the time, they don't even know why they don't do a second date, right? And so um, it's important for us to know that sometimes it just doesn't happen. That's okay. You can... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think that's on our side, but... Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. Like what's going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I was saying was that it's funny that we start to take a lot of things personally when oftentimes it's not about us. It isn't about us. Like the majority of the time, it is not about us. Yeah. Yep. I'm not. Uh, yeah, never. Sometimes it's, it's all, sometimes it's us. Once in a while. Uh, it's yeah. Us. But the majority of the time, it's not us. Right. And so yeah. we have to start because if we continue to think, oh, this person didn't show up for me because of me you're going to get exhausted. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to be down in the dumps and it's going to demotivate you from continuing to date, right? And I, what I know is that consistency is, what, is where you find success, not in the start and stop that happens so often. And we just cannot give our self-worth um, to strangers that quickly. We just cannot. We can't do it. Like if people are going to get rejected or feel that rejected and dejected about themselves by a stranger that they've barely met or talked to, that says a lot more about that person, the dater who feels so rejected and dejected than it does the person who ghosted you. Even even if it's a month in, I'm like, come on, man, know yourself a little bit more to, to go... It's okay if somebody didn't like you. We're not going to be liked by everybody. I'm definitely not. I've been ghosted. I've had so many sh- like things happen. Who gives a fuck? Like not the I'm one. like I I'm constantly I was always constantly working on myself and even now I I work on myself, but you can't get into a uh it's me. I'm worthless. I'm unlovable that kind of attitude unless like you're just like a dick and really angry or some shit like that on a date then maybe you need to <laughs> work on yourself but yeah um, if you're feeling that way then it means that you have opportunity to grow right yes. nobody wants to be with someone who feels that way <laughs> that's not hot yeah and that quickly right because imagine if you're going to if if somebody's going to get rejected or feel like that that quickly with a stranger what's going to happen in the relationship right when you have a little tiff or you don't agree on something or they are hangry and say something silly to you because they just didn't eat lunch that day. Are you going to be like, oh, my God, I'm broken from this? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I very much agree that that the we have to change our idea around rejection and just – and also, like, when somebody – lets us go we got to take it as a gift it's like great awesome glad i found out now and i can you know meet the right person yeah definitely i always tell my clients that nine out of the ten people that you go out on a physical date with is not going to be the one 
nine out of 10, which means that like 99.5% of the people that you chat with on dating apps are not going to be the one, right? And so we have to know the statistics of this love game before we enter it. That, okay, that's one of the nine, right? That is not going to be the one that I'm going to connect with. And that's okay. That is part of this space, part of this love game, right? Know that that's the case going into it and know that the majority are not going to be the one for you specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some of these other, do you have any other stats? I know you have, you know, the stats on the love game. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's really the major one. Um, I talked a little bit about women and marriage and engagement, which I think is important. Um, In terms of statistics, I would say that a majority of men, especially men that have graduated college or grad school, Um, are really not necessarily going to be ready for marriage or engagement until after 32. 32, I always tell people like um, men kind of go through this second puberty from like 30 to 32 where they gain a little bit more weight and then their biological clock starts to also kind of rise up. And so when that happens, right, after 32 is when you start to see more and more men being like, okay, what's going on? Okay, I need to like do something a little bit different. Um, and so that's where yeah. you see a lot of people actually open themselves up to a, more of a longer term uh, relationship and partnership. You're also from SoCal though. I am. And I feel like all my LA listeners are going to fight me for, if I don't say this to you, it seems like in LA, 32, it's like, it's more like 45 before they start thinking about marriage. You know, especially in like big cities where, you know, New York, L.A., like I don't know fucking anybody in their early 30s, like guys who thought of marriage. I mean, the good ones, I guess, do, but um, and I, that's who we should be going for. But right, period. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you find that to be a difference in like the big cities? Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, this this has to do with what's really important to you. And a lot of people in New York and LA are super focused on their career. And that takes up most of their life, right? I would also I would also put Atlanta in that as well because it's, it's a little bit difficult to date in Atlanta yeah. as well. Um, but like in those cities, right? There are gonna be people that are focused on their career and they're not going to be um, really happy or even let themselves even think about their love life in a serious way until Mm -hmm. their late 30s, right? So for those bigger cities, that's the case. But I'm just, I, but again, that is like a microcosm of the entire city. When I, when you're talking about the entire city, this age Mm -hmm. of 32 is a special one. But when you're talking about career-minded individuals, it's generally in the mid to late 30s, sometimes early 40s. Yeah. So you, you know, you also um, talk about the idea of uh, being impressive versus being you. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think that a lot of people, especially like smart and successful people, think that dating means that I got to impress you so that you can just fall in love with me and like all of that. Like, I'm going to tell you about the schools that I went to, about the amazing community service that I've done, uh, you know, my title, uh, that I own a home and all of that shit. No one gives a fuck about that. Like, honestly, I'd say that because it's impressive, but impressive doesn't connect, 
right? I can't, mm. I don't, I don't, that's great for you, but that has nothing to do with me, ultimately. Like, you're not connecting with people when you lead with those sorts of accolades or accomplishments that you have. People want to know how you feel about things, how you think about things, and then what you've done. Right. And do you think that that's like a guy thing versus a girl no, thing? Because it's both things. It's both. Really? It's both. Because I, I would say girls, I think, get a little bit more uh, impressed or whatever swayed. Right? If a guy says, "I have a house. I've done these things. I have this car," so then she's like, "Ooh, check, 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 check." But but I don't think guys care. Okay. I now I know what you're saying that. in terms of the listener of the person yes, who's trying to impress. Listener. Yes, 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 yeah. totally. Guys don't care about what you, guys don't yeah. care about what women do. They just care about if they feel good around you. <laughs> That's, it, it's so, oh my God, yes, you're That's right. That's it. That's all. You could be yes. the president of the United States. They still wouldn't give a shit, right? Do yeah. you make me feel good when I'm with you? I always tell women, like, you want to gas up your guys. They want to feel good. They want to feel accepted and they want to feel strong. So, but then what do you do about times like when somebody gets into an argument or like, you know, you obviously, I mean, my approach is like, don't put them down, but you know, the fragile male ego is a thing. And so if a guy always wants to feel good around you, I mean, are there tips for guys who are listening? It's like, you can also, you know, that idea that, like sometimes if a guy doesn't feel good all the time, it's like a deal breaker. Does that make sense? Like what if you have what if a woman has a little bit of a tiff with a guy mm-hmm. and she she tries to approach it, but he has taken it as, well, now you don't make me feel good. Um, you know, is a girl supposed to or a female always supposed to sort of coddle? Yeah, no, making him feel good doesn't doesn't mean coddling, right? Yeah. And it's, it's about being appreciative, right? And mm-hmm. thankful for the things that he does, right? Making sure that he feels safe and can be vulnerable around you, right? Because to be honest with you, men don't have a lot of places where they can be vulnerable. They don't mm-hmm. receive presents on their birthdays, right? There are a lot of things that men actually don't get to receive that everyone else mm-hmm. does. So being able to be that for them, I think is really important. I would mm-hmm. say it's important to... Um, there are always going to be arguments and tiffs and things like that. It's about the communication and how you communicate yourself. I think a lot of women uh, sometimes will talk about what he's doing and how he's wrong when we need to be focused on the eye language, right? How you're feeling, right? So I'm always telling my clients like, girl, just talk about what you're happy with, what you're not happy with, what you want, what you don't want, what you feel comfortable with, what you don't feel comfortable with. This is boundary work. This is important. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your boundaries straight, then relationships are always going to be difficult for you, right? So, right, if he's done something really wrong, right, you have been asking him to wash your car for two weeks and he hasn't done it yet, right? It's not, you're lazy or you haven't done this for me. You don't love me. It's, I feel like you're not listening to me. I feel Mm -hmm. like, I feel like you, um, I feel like you, um, are not making what I want a priority, mm-hmm. right? Was that, yeah. and then the second question is, was that your intention, right? And then you give yeah. them, you give them the opportunity to explain where they're coming from, 
right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us are just talking about the other person and that other person is in the defensive mode and doesn't have the opportunity to actually see and feel you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That's a great, great tip. Um, So again, coming back to the, you know, we don't have to list off all the wonderful things that we do and have accomplished in the beginning. Um, What is the alternative? What do, what do people do? Yeah. I want you to have fun. I want you, right? Not, I don't want you to be impressive. I just want you to be you, right? The way that you talk to your best friend and your family and your cousins, and that's how I want you to be talking in these states, mm-hmm. right? I want you to like, if give someone shit, if you give your people shit, right? And you talk your shit to people, that's how you should be showing up in these states, right? You have to be all of you so that they can fall in love with all of you. Mm-hmm. If you're showing up with this facade, they're going to fall in love with the facade. And then two or three months later, when you let that thing go, because that's when we get in our comfortable stage in relationships, they're going to be confused and they're going to be like, who the hell are you now? And they're going to want to like yeah. create distance because they're going to feel like you've been deceitful or or you're not trustworthy, right? So it's about talking your shit. It's about being 100% you. And if you if you don't know what that is, think about how you talk to your best friend and how you talk to your siblings and how you talk to cousins that you haven't seen in a while, but you probably grew up with. <laughs> but if you have bad manners with them, Try not to have bad manners on your date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a given, right? Obviously, like, you've got to come correct, but yeah. you have to, like, just also be you. Yeah. What's the, I mean, what what would you suggest as the line to, and we've discussed this a lot on the show, I'm curious what you think, the, the being you yet also putting your best foot forward on a date. Like, some people would go, well, me, I would just wear a, t-shirt and shorts and uh, that's how I am all the time and it's like well should you go on a first date with your flip-flops I don't know maybe you should maybe on a beach date that's about it right Mm -hmm. you have to dress for the occasion ultimately right but that's how but when it comes to like the maybe clothing yes you probably need to date uh, sorry you need to um dress appropriately depending on what you're doing you want to give a good first impression right yeah. giving a good first impression is not is not outside of being yourself you can you know give a good first impression and why do I say that? I say that because you want to let the other person know that you thought enough about them and this state to show up in a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. right? If you don't, it signifies that you don't really care about them, what they think, and that you're not taking it seriously, right? And that's really about how the other person is perceiving you and your commitment to this interaction that you're having. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um you know, and one of the last things you you tend to you talk about is about like being the CEO of your love life. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Uh, is it like, you know, when you go on dating apps, like half the guys have, what's your job? CEO of my life. Um, that's That makes me think of. But w- what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think that a lot of times people out there are dating and they feel like they have to prove themselves to other people, right? And I consider that intern mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like individuals that are trying to prove themselves so that they can get the job at the end of the summer internship. 
And I don't want you to be that way. You have nothing to prove, right? Being the CEO of your love life is making decisions about who is going to actually uh, be a part of your love company and not. That everyone else is actually the intern, proving themselves to you about whether they're going to stay in your love company or not. Mm -hmm. And that's about choosing and not being chosen, Right. And I think specifically for women, they're waiting to be chosen uh, a lot of times. And in this day and age, that's not a super successful strategy when it comes to dating and relationships that you also have to be, you know, evaluating and filtering these individuals if they're not showing up for you. Right. Like you should be focused on does this person show up for me or not? First and foremost, not Am I good enough for them? Are they good enough for me? Are they showing up? Because showing up is going to tell you a lot about if that person is going to be ready for a longer term relationship, right? Uh, And so I think a lot of people do the flip. They're evaluating them and hoping to be, uh, you know, positively evaluated. And then if that happens, then they go about the relationship without ever knowing if the person has ever showed up for them, first and foremost or not. And then they get upset that this person is only texting me once a week. And then I'm like, well, was he doing that before? kind of, yeah. Well, then why do you think that he's going to change his behavior now, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be very clear about letting people know exactly how they can get the job. And that is the CEO's job. And you let them know, uh, thanks for reaching out to me. I really appreciate it when you texted me. I'd love to hear from you again soon, right? This is how we let Mm -hmm. people know, I want you to text me more, right? Yeah. So true. I mean, a lot of the the messages I get, people will give me an entire scenario of what they're going through. And it's usually um, telling the other guy's story, telling the guy's story, like this is what he's going through. And this is and they're already justifying his behavior and then going, well, what do you think of why he's not showing up? And I go, my response is always, I am you're literally telling me one side of the story. I don't know the other person. Um, I cannot base anything from, like, I can't figure out why this person is behaving the way they're behaving. All I can say to you is, do you like the behavior or not? If you don't like the behavior, that's all the information you need. You don't need to know why they're doing all this. You can ask, but if they're not giving you any information back, or it's not satisfactory, or they're cutting you off or whatever, you got to make a decision because it's about how you're feeling. And that's the only truth you have is what you're saying. Is this person showing up for you? Clearly they're not. Does it matter all the millions of reasons they could not be showing up? Or does it matter that you don't feel good? Yeah, it, I spot on. I, a lot of people are trying to figure out the why. And we need to focus on the what. If he hasn't shown up for you, he hasn't shown up for you. I don't care why. <laughs> Especially ultimately. in the beginning, right? Yeah, the like beginning. you could figure out why later once you've established an intimate connection with the person and like you know each other. But in the beginning, it's like it doesn't matter. If they didn't have the decency or respect to even say, hey, I'm going through something in my life. I can't do this right now. Or my car broke down. I couldn't make the date. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I always tell my clients that 
things are going to happen, right? Calls, dates might get missed. They might be late. What I want us to be looking for is, is there an acknowledgement of that? Is there an apology? And is there a rescheduling, AAR, right? Acknowledgement, hey, I know that I'm late. Apology, I'm really sorry. Hey, can we move the call back to 7.30, right? If you don't have those three things, I always, my favorite words to my clients, he's out or they're out. That is so on point because, um, again, when my boyfriend and I first met, uh, it was two weeks before COVID and I'm pretty sure I got it. I had gotten COVID the first time back then. I was very sick for three weeks. Oh he had messaged me on the apps. I ignored his first two messages <laughs> because I was sick. Uh-huh. And then he messaged again, and I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, like, can we text? I think it's easier. I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And then, uh, again, me, super sick, just forgot because I was sick. And then I messaged him, and I go, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I was so sick for this long. Uh, you know, I really apologize. I said, can we figure out a time now that I'm better. And then, you know, I remember again, he, he made a, a plan. I had to reschedule because I was still sick. Because, you know, we didn't know COVID was like in the last thing. three weeks yeah. at the time. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I promise you I'm still really sick and I don't want to meet while I just don't want to give you anything. And, and then finally, like we met a few days later once I was better, or end of the week, I think, when I, when I was better. But we always joke about like, I wasn't the one messaging back right away, but it's because I was going through something. But what you said, I came back, I messaged him, I apologized, I acknowledged that I wasn't around, I explained why I wasn't around, and then I said, can we plan something? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I and that was because I was like, you know, be respectful to somebody. And I wouldn't have just done it to him. I didn't know him. He's a stranger, but that's just how you should behave with people. And if somebody doesn't have basic respect for anybody, then, you know, you got to question that. Totally. Um, how do people start, though? Because I feel like, you know, we can say things like, oh, be the CEO of your life. Um, but it's hard for people to start. Is there, how do you kick, how do you push people in that first step? Um, so it's really about, like I was saying before, some of that boundary work, being able to mm. say yes and no to a variety of different things. And we don't even have to do that in our love lives, right? We can start doing that with our family or our mm. friends or our coworkers. A client of mine just messaged me earlier today talking about some of the boundaries that she put around work because it was affecting her health, right? So we can also do that in other parts of our life, right? Yeah. Because I think that when you're able to say yes and no to certain things, that's what being a CEO is about. And also, I just want to say, being the CEO of your love life also means not doing too much, right? CEOs actually don't do a lot. They just wait for every, <laughs> yeah. they tell everybody else what to do and what they want, and then everybody else does it, right? Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are doing so much in a potential dating situation where it's like, you don't have to be doing that much, right? You can wait for someone to show up and, and do what they need to do, and then... 
engage with them in a, in a certain kind of way. So I would say this isn't something that you need to actually focus on in your love life. Just being on the apps, I think, is a good first step to get your toe in the water. But focus that on some of the other parts of your life, right? Are there friends that are not showing up for you in a certain kind of way? Let's have a discussion about that and how it makes you feel about you, not about them, right? And then you give them the space to figure out, do they want to come to the table with you and show up or not, right? If they don't, they don't, right? Because we can't control people. If they do, great, right? But again, then you have more data to understand where you are at with the relationship. And it's the same for family. It's the same for work as well, Um, And so we can start in the other parts of our lives. And then once we get used to that, because this boundary work is not something that comes naturally to us. No one teaches us about boundaries. So we have to have a a few rounds, a few reps to get our muscles really strong. And then once we have that, let's turn that back into the dating world and start creating some boundaries about how you want to be engaged, right? How, where you want to talk, when you want to talk. It's interesting. I feel like women have a lot of power in their relationships, but they don't necessarily take hold of it, right? I feel like oh, the power of being in your dominant feminine energy is setting the pace of the relationship. You get to say what happens next, but that just means that you need to know what you want to happen next, right? Not a year yeah. from now, right? I think sometimes women go on a first or second day and they're for like, they're already thinking about the wedding. <laughs> yeah. No. What's the next step? What is the, what's the natural next step for this interaction? Does it mean that we're going to get on hard. the phone? Does it mean that we're going to text more regularly? Whatever it may be, right? So yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think it's hard for women to feel like we have the power because we always think, well, if he he's the one who has to make the move to make the call, to message, to whatever. So it feels like the guy is setting the pace. But I think what you're saying is very important because, I mean, I used to be very passive also. I used to be very like, well, he leads the thing. I realized, wait, I have the power to just walk away if they're not giving me the pace that I want. And that's how I took sort of my power back where I was like, oh, if you're only going to message me once a week or we're going to only hang out once every three weeks, that doesn't work for me. And I don't really care that you want to message or text or meet whenever you want. That's a no for me. And then I started feeling a little bit more empowered in in the idea and not feeling so attached to like, oh, did they message or not message? I was like, I don't really care. You, I have told people how I like behavior, I how what I want in a relationship. And if you can't give that, then I just go, okay, bye. Yeah, like, yeah. But that, simple. it's interesting. I think sometimes people feel like, I don't really want to speak about my wants or desires because it's going to be too much. Yeah. Guess what? You're the CEO of your love life. You get to do that. Yeah. Hey, I'd love for us to text more often. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd love to hear your voice. Call me soon. Call me tomorrow. Totally. Right? You get to and say think- that. It's not too much. It's actually the way that we communicate things is everything here. Right. So if we're able to communicate it in a way where you are heard. Right. And they feel appreciated. Right. If they feel gassed up, it's a win win. Totally. And I mean, 
Do you find this? Because I think when you, you know, people play a part, right? Mm -hmm. When we hear, be the CEO of my life, people go, how would a CEO behave? A CEO would say, hey, hey, dude, this is how I want things done in a relationship. And it's like, you would never talk to anybody like that. No. The best CEOs make you feel like, like you came up with the idea. That's right. And I joke with my boyfriend about this all the time, where I make him think that he has come up uh -huh. with the exact same thing that I knew. I was like... We're going to... That, that know, inception shit, as we call done. it. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, all, I mean, all the time. And, but it's like, that's what a CEO would do mm -hmm. is, is, you know, like, I mean, one of my techniques, which I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, is like, I won't necessarily tell somebody this is what I, you know, want from them and don't want from them, I would just sort of make it a general thing. I would just say, oh, you know, general, ugh, I, I can't, I don't like it when people say they're going to do something and then don't do it. But, and then I give some story about like a, like a friend who maybe did that. And so then it's just like, it's out there that I don't appreciate that kind of behavior. And, and then it's like, if you're going to say something, do it. Because that's what I would do. But I haven't told them, you better not. Right. You know, if you say something, you should do it. Yeah. Um, I just make it like a general <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um, or a conversation starter. Yeah, definitely. Also, like, I generally prefer when this happens, right? Or yeah. that XYZ makes me so happy or I find that really attractive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to speak life into the people that we're talking to and give them the expectation. Because when we do that, a lot of people will actually rise to it. Right. If we're calling people lazy or you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they're going to say exactly how you speak to them. Right. At that yeah. level. If you're like, I know that you're an amazing gentleman. Your mother probably taught you. Right. So I would I know that you're probably going to, you know, X, Y, Z. Right. Pull, pull, you know, open the car door for me. Right. You're a yeah. gentleman. We could do it in yeah, a playful no, way, too. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, there and then that's what a CEO would do. Yeah. They make you think that you came up with it. <laughs> they empower you, right? They'll come back and they'll be like, you know, you're so great at this wonderful thing. I'd really love for you to take the lead on this. Yeah. Because I really, you know, and then the I the trust you to do it. Like, huh? I trust you to do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Anwar, uh, thank you so much. These were all such amazing uh, mindset tips. I'm sure we could go on uh, forever about it. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. You're not completely done, though. Um, <laughs> we do a segment called Six Questions with uh, every guest. Okay. So it's a little bit of a rapid fire. Okay. Don't think about it too much. Um, but, Anwar, here are your six questions. Okay however you perceive it, okay? Uh, what is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? How quickly they respond to me. Mm. What is one deal breaker? Not getting along with my mom or sister. Mm, good one. Uh, what turns you on? Gray sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're so good. Yes. Uh, what are one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships? My strength is that I advocate for my partner. My weakness is that I am very focused on my career. Mm. 
what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No more. <laughs> Never heard that before on the show. <laughs> um, what is love? Love is safety. Love is acceptance. Mm. Uh, and your last question, which is one of our favorites. Uh, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner oh to tell you? Um, come over here. <laughs> yes, I love that one. That's so good. I yeah. love it. Awesome. Uh, well, Anwar, you're uh, uh, such a gem. Thank you so much for being on the show. How can everybody find you um, and your coaching program and all the fun things? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. This was actually a lot of fun. Um, for those that are interested in connecting, um, you can go to my website, www.getyourguycoaching.com. If you want to do a free consult there, you can click the button and do that. Or you can go onto my IG, getyourguy underscore coaching. And friends, it, all of these links will be in the description of this episode. So please make sure you follow Anwar um, and and do a consult. It's for free. Why not? Yeah, right? yeah. We talk about your love life, what's working, what's not working, what your love goals are, and maybe what's hindering you from actually achieving those, right? Um, I love that. It's a lot of fun and people get a lot out of it. So I definitely recommend it as well. Yeah, please, guys, do it. Um, well, thank you again, Anwar, for being on the show. And uh, friends, please follow us. We're also on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. Uh, Aisha is at Aisha Says Dance. And um, Anwar, now you know I'm complicated. So uh, <laughs> mine is at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That official. That official. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for downloading this episode. Please tell a friend, rate and review this podcast wherever you get it, and uh, send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. <laughs>